0: up everyone welcome to episode 83 of the noise podcast brought to you by noise.card.uk and sponsored by stereo brain records i am your host slash your boy chris pew and as ever i'm joined by my very good friend and mr cynical himself samuel lewis mate how are we not too bad mate it's a fine sunday once again how are you i'm good man half term approaching not bad two, two weeks, weeks away, my friend two, two weeks, weeks. Away. <laughs> longest term of the year do you think
1: yeah, it, it's the longest, term of the longest term of the year until the next one. And then that Brilliant, takes the yeah. championship belt until the one after it. Brilliant.
0: Very ominous. Um, we <laughs> are The Noise Podcast. Uh, we are sponsored by Stairburn Records, and we come your way every two weeks. If you'd like to support the show, the best way you can do that is by subscribing on YouTube or liking slash following, depending on where you are listening. We are available, of course, on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Basically, wherever you listen to podcasts, me and Sam will be there. On our last show, which we aired last week, we did a little special review of Trivium's new record in The Court of the Dragon. Uh, That is still up. That is doing incredibly well in terms of our viewership. So if you haven't checked that one out, please do. You can follow me and Sam on Twitter, at Noise Podcast. We both run that account. I've just actually put out a little tweet, Sam. I don't know whether you saw it. I I was curious on people's opinion on All Hope Is Gone and whether... It actually whether it was a bad record or whether it suffered because the three that came before it was so excellent. I tell you what, dude, we're doing a podcast together. Let's uh, let me ask you:
1: Do you think All Hope Is Gone is a bad album? I think it's a bad album. I think it's a I think it's a decent album at times. There are, there are very good songs on it, but you're right; it suffers by comparison. If it was um any other metal band that with that didn't have the three albums that preceded it that Slipknot produced, then maybe we're having a different kind of conversation. Would you take it over the grave Chapter? Yes. Would you take it over? We are not your kind? Yes. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so um... I'm, I'm of the opinion that Slipknot's best albums go in the order that they were released. Right. Okay. That's uh... some of my favorite Slipknot albums, their debut. My second yeah. favorite is Iowa. Third favorite, you know. Yeah.
0: Right. Okay. Well, Okay. You think uh, We are not your Kind's They're not like worst, makes it sound like you think it's a poor album, but your least favorite of their albums unless you do think we are not your kind of poor album but i don't believe you've said that when we no, reviewed I d- it I,
1: I, I don't i just think they've been on a steady decline unfortunately i just it, it, it's a good album yeah but i think the fir- the first three are on the the mount rushmore of, of great 21st century metal albums and that's just the way that it is unfortunately
0: ironically Slip, slipknot are going to come up in the news sam which is part of today's show yeah, uh cool. running order for you guys listening we're going to talk about the news we've also got album reviews on waking the cadavers authority through intimidation and cradle of filth's existence is futile no chris meets or sam meets this week again that is because i'll be honest I have been incredibly busy, as has Sam. I haven't really had a chance to uh, fit an interview in. It did for a moment look like I might get something done with Dying Wish. I'm still going to try and pursue that. But yet yeah, no uh, Chris meets or Sam meets this week. Unfortunately, we're just going to do two album reviews and we are going to talk about the news. Uh, let's start off, Sam, with the news. Let's start off with something incredibly positive. Uh, Mark Hoppus, Sam, is in remission Obviously, that's the greatest news ever. I just wanted to start off on something on a positive note. We, have you been following along with his uh, kind of journey through uh, his cancer treatment?
1: I have. Yeah, I've been incredibly impressed. Actually, um, he's maintained his sort of level of positivity and, and and things like that. And and he's also a bit somehow managed to attach his notorious sense of humour, yeah, to the proceedings as well, which I've enjoyed his ability to stay positive in such a difficult time for him is is truly,
0: truly incredible. And I was, I mean, you know, I think if I remember correctly, he put a Twitter post up the day before he he went in for the treatment, like, Oh, I found out that if this treatment doesn't work, it's going to be incredibly, incredibly bad news. And just, you know, it was, I was like waiting on the, the edge of my seat, like being like, Oh God, you know, I can't wait for his next tweet. I really, I'm desperate to see, that he's going to be all right. And for him to be so open and be like, hey, by the way, I've just been told if this cancer treatment doesn't work, then I'm running out of options. Must would be so, you know, he's going to be incredibly brave to be that comfortable and that open with that. So, of course, what amazing news that Mark Hoppus is in remission. Uh, I think the tweet that he actually wrote uh, was, I just saw my own college on so cancer-free. Thank you, God and universe and friends and family and everyone who sent support and kindness and love. I still have to get scanned every six months and it'll take me until the end of the year to get back to normal. But today is an amazing day and I feel so blessed. Can I get a W in the chat? Yeah, what, what a perfect, that's just so Mark Hoppus, isn't it? That, the way, of the, the, the sign off for that statement is so Mark Hoppus.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And, and thoroughly deserved. Um, cancer is a terrifying, debilitating illness that few few ever actually beat really and 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 for him to be able to come out of it on the other side is he's wonderful news shout to oncologists everywhere as well they do they do great work i don't know i don't know how they do that job on a daily man. emotional and academic toil heroes absolutely heroes man
0: stronger people than i could ever be you and me both Sam, have you seen the pace that tool are setting this uk tour
1: no, I was actually gonna. I, I was tempted to ask if you wanted to go, but I don't think that's really a possibility anymore, is it? Well,
0: perhaps we would be able to grab a ticket. Did you know that it's seating only? I didn't. To right. be fair,
1: you'd, you, you your legs would go numb about halfway through the third song. I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. really, you'd right. Need, you'd need you'd need a seat. So
0: this, right? I was thinking about this, and I thought, right, okay, I, I do kind of get it. Because they listen. I've never seen Tool live, and when the headline download, I watched Slayer because it was Slayer's final ever show, and obviously I love Slayer. But you said to me, Tool is very much a performance, which makes sense when you listen to the music. So, do you think actually it is that it being seen now is actually fitting
1: for what oh a gig would entail? Oh, absolutely! It's the metal equivalent of a night at the opera. scene tool. Um, well, you can't, you can't, you can't stand for two and a half hours when they're doing those things that they're doing. Well, they've had to add
0: an extra show at the O2 Arena. Now, I think there is still tickets to Birmingham, Sam. So maybe we can have this conversation privately. But absolutely, I would be open to going because a couple of weeks ago. I was uh, in a, a bar with my girlfriend, and a song came on, and two the of them one of her favorite bands, yeah,
1: the Social Life of the Girlfriend.
0: <laughs> the two of the one of her favorite bands, and a song came on, and she was she was like kicking off, like buzzing, and I was like, "This is sick." To be fair, who's this? She's like, "This is Tool." This is, it's, and it was a song called "The Pot." And then on my way home on Sunday, I just kept listening to it because it's a it's like an amazing song, and I think that. That's sick. I think that two are a band that I avoid because of what they require from their listeners sometimes in terms of like, you know me, dude. You know, I like four and a half minutes. I like to be attacked in the face and then I like the next four and a half minutes. Bro, I'm, si- I'm
1: sick of these conversations where it's like, well, I've ignored this thing actively for six months, but it turns out it's great. Like everyone else told me it is. Isn't that funny, Sam? And I'm like, no, it's absolutely the opposite of funny one second
0: last night i played goliath by architects and you said i love when simon neil does this and then i said dude why don't you listen to the <laughs> i said dude why don't you listen to the first few biffy clara albums then because that's what he does he went no he was like no i'm not doing that i'm not interested and i was like what this is what he does though for the first few biffy clara albums amazing
1: what well, are architects
0: on the first two Biffy claro <laughs> albums? <laughs> yeah, Biffy Clyro featuring Architects with like twenty-four songs. Um <laughs> yeah, dude, let's go and see Tool. And just again, because you you will know more about this than me. The full seating thing works for you.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. I also think we need to invite your um enraged girlfriend by the sense of things well she's well. already
0: got tickets for manchester because they're playing at the manchester oh, arena and then two days later they're playing at, um the birmingham Resorts world arena so dude it's
1: hard to throw elbows in seats to be fair so I understand <laughs> to that.
0: Be fair, or to throw elbows to Well, i can't imagine there's going to be a moment where i I'd, I'd feel the urge to do that but dude let's talk about that after the podcast man let's get those tickets sorted cool. um okay dude i mentioned as we were just introducing the show A question on Slipknot, because I just posted it on Twitter. But supposedly, Sam, new Slipknot music is coming. I tell you what, Sam, how do you think Corey Tyler has spoken about new Slipknot music? Go on.
1: Is it the heaviest stuff they've ever written? Brilliant.
0: So he hasn't said it's the heaviest stuff they've ever written, but he did say, quote, let's bludgeon everybody. Uh, slipknot have been going round doing this worse. U- <laughs> slipknot have been going round doing this uh, US not Fest road show, which uh, every day, Sam, when I see the US Not Fest lineup, I'm bothered by the fact that not Fest got cancelled because of COVID. Because the lineup that we would have got, I think, would have been life changing for me. And yeah,
1: I think we'd have had the greatest <sighs> day of our lives. We slipknot and Sleep Token already wasn't it when it was yeah. early announced? There's a chance, it, and, and then think the American one added. Megadeth and Behemoth, if I remember rightly. Yeah, and which, then which
0: would have been terrific.
1: And then I believe on
0: this current road show they're doing like Code Orange on it as well, and it literally <laughs> man the lineup. The lineup is is wild. I think Code Orange on it anyway, but yeah, I, I will always, always be salty about the fact that I got that and Rage Against the Machine got taken away from us. I'm not sure how I'm ever going. to I don't to think I'll ever the get the over world. Rage yeah. Against the
1: Machine because they're the sort of band that just might never no, never turn up again. Yeah, I'm and so we, I'm so angry. Oh, we might never ever see them. Hopefully, hopefully
0: that's not the case, but we we might never see them. That is gonna that is gonna irk me for the rest of my life if that ends yep. up being the case. Yeah. So in terms of the actual news story, Sam, uh, Corey Taylor was on the Eddie Trunk podcast and he said that basically the band's follow-up to We Are Not Your Kind is, quote, pretty much done, probably about 80% done. We're finishing up some music and I've got a couple more songs to sing. However, I will say this, don't don't be surprised if in the next month or so you hear something new. Uh, Then he was asked if it was going to be kind of like what they did with um, All Out Life. If If you remember, All Out Life came out It's not on We Are Not Your Kind. And then like six, like four, five months later, then they're released on Sainty, um, to which Corey Taylor responded, it's more of a let's bludgeon everybody and remind them why we're still Slipknot kind of vibe. This will be the release before we get to the single, a little teaser to give people a taste, kind of like what we did with All Out Life, but in the way that we didn't play All Out Life on the album, this will actually be on the album. And it's, I'm pretty stoked, man. I'm going to, it's going to remind people why they love Slipknot. It's a, he also says it's about 14 songs, and it's rad. It's got that same rock and roll spirit, but there's definitely a darker tone to it. I think people are going to really dig it. So he hasn't gone for the, this is the heaviest thing we've written since Iowa, kind of quote, which we tend to hear on every kind of Slipknot PR before an album. But He has gone for the, let's bludgeon everybody. Obviously, we're going to be interested, Sam, but you mentioned that Slipknot's career has declined in your opinion per album are you perhaps approaching a point where if that decline continues for you on whatever album comes next that you would then feel comfortable with Slipknot's discography ending there
1: no I, I don't I, I'm different for you in that respect we had this argument before I, I, I don't mind just keep producing stuff and I can just dip in and out depending on what I want want out of the band, that's absolutely fine. Um, I'm happy for Slipknot to stay together and keep producing music because the the personalities that they are, that that's 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 still a fantastic thing. If 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 Mick Thompson wants to keep writing riffs, let me let me hear him. Um, I'm just not convinced it's gonna be that great. Um, the phrase rock and roll spirit does not fill me with optimism when associated with a, with a slipknot album. Like, this is not, this is not like Fleetwood Mac. What the fuck is rock and roll spirit mean? Um, but they don't have anything to prove. They don't have anything to prove to anybody. Um, and I think that this this album will be pretty good with two or three very good songs on it, like the last one was. Um, I think it's though we've reached a different stage of Slipknot now um, with the absence of, of Joey as a songwriter and, and sort of the, the Paul Gray the loss of Paul Gray um, and the replacement of key members with members that aren't taking large larger role in the writing and producing. I'm concerned that Slipknot moving forward is becoming a very monotonous production where it's just Clown and Corey. Um, and that's that's restricting the v- variety of the type of music that they're producing. Um, so I think it will be very good, but I don't think it will sound anything other than you know, sort of diet volume three stuff, which is what they've been doing for for two or three albums. Yeah, so I know your stance
0: on should bands like just stop making records if it's clear that they're no longer in their creative zest or creative peak kind of thing. But the reason why I've asked you that question, even knowing that, is because if you aren't a massive fan of All Hope Is Gone and you think that's better than The Grey Chapter and We Are Not Your Kind, then for you what you're saying is there hasn't been a great slipknot album in 17 years which I'm would, that, yeah. which would then obviously which is you know we're talking mm-hmm. nearly two decades since slipknot released a great album in your opinion which is what has then led me on to if it was 17 years since metallica released a great album we would you know would we be would be having the question of okay like should we just leave it then uh, which okay you know you'd be happy to carry on uh, I'm not so sure for me i mean i, I actually really liked we are not your kind. I was a massive fan of the Grey chapter,
1: and I think most what, most, most Metallica fans think think there's been 30 years since the last <laughs> right Metallica album. Let's be honest.
0: Yeah. So, so yeah. Fair enough. Um,
1: let's move on to something else, Sam.
0: That's um, a little more light hearted. There has been a website reported that is a, like a band lyric counter that counts the most popular lyric in a band's discography. I uh-huh, am going to good. search Metallica now, Sam, and you have to guess what Metallica's most popular lyric is.
1: When you say popular, I mean like a line that they've used. Sorry, the yeah, the in the, in the, the line
0: that a word, a word that they use the most. I've got, I've got the bar chart up now in front of me. A word. word they've used the most out of 184 analyzed
1: songs and 40,000 analyzed words. Are we excluding, like, obvious pronouns, like I, me, we, things like that? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's quite tough. It is tough, but when I
0: tell you what it is, you'll be like, oh, yeah, of course. I'm going to go with fight. Ah, not a bad shout. Is fight on this list? Yeah, uh, I can't see it. Um, I, I am like quickly scooping down now. Um, the actual most popular word, Sam, that they've used the most is "yeah," two hundred and seventy-six times.
1: Yeah, actually, like lyrically, yeah,
0: the, the word "yeah," two hundred and seventy-six times. Fair enough.
1: Fair enough. See, I, price... was, I was trying to, I was trying to avoid. No, not at all. Yeah, I was trying no. to avoid. Um, I was trying to avoid like words like that because I thought that that would be like, like you know what I mean. I was trying to think of like what actual like you know, like fight or battle or war yeah. or something, that type of thing. Um, did, you ever, did I ever tell you that? I'm sure I did well. I'm sure I did at some point. The the story when Slash walks in on James Hetfield having sex with a groupie. And, and he, he was like, um, it, it sounds exactly how you'd expect it to sound. he sounds exactly like you imagine James Hetfield having sex with sound. And he's like, <laughs> yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Ooh! Brilliant. <laughs> he's like, like he's a caricature of himself, even even in real life. It's unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, that's, that is that is that is no surprise whatsoever. I wonder what the, the most used, like, non-spoken language type words, you know what I mean? Like, is like their most common, normal adjective or phrase or whatever. Well, um, just the top 10. So yeah, it's 276. Then you've got see, never,
0: now, time, down, more, away, life, and back.
1: That was, okay, uh, so the the, the, the first 10. yeah, so the first non like prepositional type word that can you use to join things together is is life. That's all right, fair enough. Like on that.
0: Dude, give me a band. I'm gonna search and see what their or, or artists, and see what their mouse use lyric is. I like this. We're not five gonna go finger, too far down this hole. But
1: five Finger Death Punch.
0: Five Finger Death Punch. Right. Okay. This website, this by the way, I- is called Repeated. That is a repeated, spelt with R E P double E T E D. Let's have a look. Five Finger Death Punch. I was kind of hoping I'd never have to type that into my computer ever again, but, you know, whatever. Well,
1: there's some of our favourite lyricists, so I thought, I wonder.
0: So their most popular lyric uh, is Never, which they've used 228 times. Um, others turn up that is away, down, everything, inside, nothing, hate, yet again, say... And the F word as well. Uh, let's actually search up Slayer. I'm curious what Slayer's most um, popular
1: lyric is. Something aggressive, I'm so blood, Satan,
0: Death. <laughs> Brilliant. We could have we definitely could have produced we could have uh, predicted that death 230 times. <laughs> Can't argue with that mate at all. Of 137 songs, they've used the word death 230 times. You'd love to hear it, man. You'd love to hear it. That is amazing. Unreal. Let's move into album reviews, Sam. We are going to start with Waking the Cadaver or Cadaver. Sam, do you think we're going to go for Cadaver or Cadaver? I think it's Cadaver, mate. We'll go Cadaver. Uh, Waking the Cadaver, Authority Through Intimidation, is out on October 22nd via Unique Leader Records. Unique Leader, a a label that me and Sam have basically obsessed over in 2021. It's the Death Metal Band's fourth album and the follow-up to 2013's Real Life Death. Sam, as we get into reviewing this album, I have to ask you, where is the humanity on
1: this album? There is none. Where is, is the humanity? Th- there absolutely is none. This is, um, this is an album that sounds like what would happen if somebody openly wondered what would the orcs from Lord of the Rings sound like if they made a band. Yeah. Now, th- this is...
0: Is it the most extreme thing we've re- reviewed this year?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's it's it it's more extreme than the only thing in the the, the wheelhouse was maybe pupil slicer. Yeah. And that maybe Isaiah record is pretty or cognitive. Yeah, but I think there's a gap between them and this.
0: Yeah, this is new levels of extremity, I think, for us this year. That doesn't always translate into a good record though, just because it's incredibly extreme. So, Sam,
1: what are your thoughts? I it's incredibly extreme, but I'm not entirely sure it's any good. Okay, um, interesting. So I have to preface this: um mm. that this isn't for me. So I, I might be just, I might be just singing from the wrong Kim sheet here, and there might be an extreme metal audience where the, this just strikes a chord with. And if that happens, I'm not going to sit here and be like, they're wrong, not at all, because I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm the audience um for this so so i want to do that but i also want to give it a fair 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 review as well um i think my 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 issue with this is outside of the the the, once you get past the oh my god this is so heavy oh my god this is so crushing i do worry what i do wonder what else is there and once that novelty wears off i'm actually i'm actually i do find myself wondering a lot of the times where the actual you know engaging element of the song structures are i find i find if you take out the pig squeals and you take out the um, the deep guttural growls and just focus on the actual the songs, the riffs, the transitions and things like that, it is fairly repetitive for me. Um, it follows a very similar blueprint. The riffs are almost identical from one song to another. Um, that is not actually helped by the vocals because that make because that that sort of pig squealy deep sound is so consistent across the record. It's actually difficult to distinguish from a track to track um, in terms of standout moments. Um, So in terms of, for me, like some of the, I want to talk about some of the positives. I thought the pinch harmonics in the opening track, uh, Civic Salt is fantastic. And that's the most impressive moment for me as it immediately sort of envelops you into this type of sound.
0: Is that the one that I played to you before you left mine on Friday night? Yeah, the opening track, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, And there's a nice change of pace and rotation of tempo. And the riff changes is fine. but even by the end of that track, every every transition sounds identical to the previous one. It just seems feels like feels like more of a similar style. I thought I thought that they started when they started to vary away ever so slightly was when it actually found when it found its groove a little bit. So there's like a metal core riff in corpse decomposition that I, I quite enjoyed um, and in human shop shop, which is the most ridiculous album song title I've heard for a long time. Um, I, there's like a nice slow methodical stomp to it that I actually enjoy from a rhythmic standpoint. And then it goes obviously back into, it goes back into the sort of back to style. Um, same with the uh, frenzied vehicular, vehicular rampage. There's a riff at the end that reminds me of Billionaire Mates by Knock Loose, that discorded sound and they're rotated between. And then there's an amazing, really, really great breakdown in Arbiter of Punishment. It sludges through the middle and it's really like powerful and plodding and slow and really, really impressive and groovy. But for me, Chris, that's about it. The rest of it, the rest of it feels too similar to each other. It follows a similar structure. And for me, I'm not into vocals that are that abhorrent and extreme. Um, I actually think it, it, by track three or four, the novelty is worn off to the point where it becomes like, okay, is there something else, please? Because not only is the sound identical, you can't, it doesn't allow the vocalist to actually have any kind of melodic change. Because even if you did screams and growls, there are different types of tempo and, sorry, pitch and timber that you can add um, to different screams and growls to give variety. But that particular type of screaming is literally it's one note which means that the entire album sounds like one riff, one note, and in it in it wears off very, very quickly for me. And I'll and I, and I couple that with the fact that I'm not really perhaps in the wheelhouse to be listening to that type of music to begin with. So it might hit, a, like I said, it might hit a chord with a big extreme metal following who won't be looking for this type of brutality and regularity and all that sort of stuff. And if that's the case, power to them, I wish every success. Um, but it didn't do that for me. Where do you sit with it? I
0: think this is a really fun album to listen to. I think that try, if sitting with it and picking it apart piece by piece in one city does give you that feeling of repetition because I do feel I am with you in the sense of the pig squeals and the snorts, when you first hear them on Civic Assault, it's like, wow, like that is crazy. That is so obtuse and insane how, how this is being performed. But by the boy we get to Arbiter of Punishment which is the longest track on the album, it, it, you are just, you're used to hearing it and there isn't a great deal of, of variation. And I feel purposefully so. I think what I would say is that this is unlike any other unique leader record we've covered this year. A lot of the unique leader albums that we've covered, and we have I don't think there's been one that we haven't like loved bar this one, They've all had this kind of like apocalyptic sound. This is more raw, low tuned, extreme metal, like beyond death metal. Although I do like actually where throughout the record, they break into like fight riffs, like malevolent style fight riffs quite often. And I I personally really enjoyed that and Civic Assault, they they give like this final breakdown with like pig squeals in this malevolence fight riff with it being like Blast Beat Central in the background. And it's like borderline hilarious how heavy it all sounds. And that's where the record is like fun to listen to. I think I could drop back into songs of this album in the future, but I don't think I'd ever listen to the whole record in its entirety ever again. I don't think like I travel or like during my travels to work, I wouldn't listen to this album in its entirety. I might chuck on threatened Physical Force because it's the most intense, insane 180 seconds of music I've ever heard, I think. It's ridiculous. It's just this relentless force of anger, blast beats, visceral vocals, fight riffs. You know, where do you even begin? And there's like the real punch pair in the vocals at the climax of the songs, right? It's insane. So I, I could chuck on Threat Physical Force, but I don't think I would ever play this album through its entirety. One thing I would say, Sam, is I think this album... Is cleverly timed at only twenty eight minutes. This this couldn't have gone forty. If this would have gone forty, I think we would have been struggling.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that's fair enough. But even that is is a strange compliment to say, isn't it? That one of the positives is that there's not a lot of it. Um, <laughs>
0: when you when you kind of zoom in on what I've just said, that is kind of, that kind of sounds like that's what I'm is saying. Is it
1: good that it doesn't last very long, Sam? Um, <laughs> that's not necessarily what I meant. <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know. Um, but it is good that it doesn't last very long, Chris. You're right. Um, uh, like, for example, like I think there are some moments that are really terrific. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the last couple as well. So, a ligature, the opening breakdown, that first forty seconds, really terrific, fantastic. And then it, and then it, it heads, it heads back into to, to the process and the blueprint that we've established before. I'm, I'm with you. It'd be very difficult to sit through an album of this for the for the pleasure of it. Um, i think seeing them live would be an interesting venture as well yeah um just again but that that's the thing is it supposed to just be a spectacle do you know what i mean like is it is this like um the the death metal equivalent of like the wwe where you're supposed to just enjoy it from an entertainment standpoint but not actually take it very seriously um and just enjoy it as it happens um for, for, for me it feels like um like a, like a sort of metal equivalent to sort of one of those videos that you see of like these incredible performers who play like guitar with their toes or they can like play drums while doing a handstand or something ridiculous and it's fantastic to watch for that two or three minutes but i'm not buying the ep of of the guitar toe man like i'm just not doing it i'm not you know what i mean like once 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 oh cool he plays Beethoven's fifth with his pinky marvellous but then after that, I'd rather hear bite and do it, and, and that, that's the way that I, that's the way that I tend to feel about this type of stuff. Once the novelty wears off, I do find myself thinking, "Where's the song here?" Not really. What, what's going What's going on? Sort of thing in terms of structure, and they don't help themselves. I know they're not trying to, but they don't help themselves in terms of the songwriting here, in terms of the, the way that the, the guitar tone is identical from track to track. There's no variation in the in in some of the tone or really some of the riff changes at all. A lot of them are these a lot of the transitions, these down tuned chordal movements um, where there's very little intricacy. And I know that that's designed to be a nice platform for the vocals and for the brutality and that type of stuff. But there, are, it does do, does feel like there are six to eight st- sort of fragments of one idea or just one long thread running through. and And that for me is not not an effective way to have an album in this style. So I yeah, I mean it's it's short, it's sharp, it's brutal. You'd play it to someone to be like, look how heavy this is, and then it would go it go back on a shelf somewhere or back in a deep in the vestiges of a Spotify playlist that you only play when you're when you're really angry or you're going to the gym or something. And that's that's not what that's not what appeals to, to appeals to me. I just think it has a certain purpose and has a certain niche audience. And I think it will appeal to that particular audience. Um, but I'm I'm not sure it, it does much else for me.
0: You mentioned asphyxiating ligature, and that's got the best moment on the record. There's like a tempo change riff. It kind of yeah, reminds me of Necrophobic Big Slayer. Oh, that's
1: a nice, show. And
0: that that's the best moment on the album that is an asphyxiating ligature, I think, is probably the best song. But the vocals that end that song, Don Campen is the name of the vocalist. The vocals that end... Oh, he's, he's
1: like a he's like a real human being, but like something <laughs> yeah. that's
0: created there, like CGI. Well, I, I put a tweet out the other day being like, the, if Tom DeLong heard this album, he'd be buzzing because he was like, see, aliens do exist. There's no way Don Campen's a human being. Like... No. No, the, this not is why we
1: share DNA with this person.
0: Honestly, it is like beguiling some of the some of the vocal sounds, and the mouth, like the mouse insane it gets is the vocals that end asphyxiating bigger. He sounds like a clicker from The Last of Us. Look, if anyone's ever listened and you've played The Last of Us, unfortunately you haven't because you're a bad person, Sam. But it, like literally, he sounds like a clicker. The, the noises that he is making, I literally cannot believe.
1: And that's why I said, like, it's a a terrible advert for The Last of Us, by the way, based on what sounds horrendous. It's,
0: this is a fun record to listen to. I enjoy, I enjoyed listening to this. Just the pure insanity of this album is fun, is fun to listen to. But you have to go in and listen to it in small pieces because 28 minutes of this, it does feel like a long 28 minutes. And there are some, though, though, Riff structure is, re- is repetitive. There are some incredibly hard moments. There's a pinch harmonic into the closing breakdown of corpse decomposition, and it hits like a truck. And then you add in the pig squeals as well. You feel physically attacked. Human Chop Shop has got this opening slow and low riff timing with just inhumane vocal sounds, and then it drops into like this kind of really cool. I say Malevolence again. That two-step rhythm that Malevolence are basically perfecting in their uh, verse riff writing. There is like there is like moments of this album where it does what I my favorite thing that death metal does when it meets in the middle with hardcore. That's where that's where I where I love death metal and there are moments in this album where that does happen but over 28 minutes this is just this fire blast of anger and the extremity of the vocals does wear off after three or four songs it no longer becomes this really cool shocking thing it's why in the case of slaughter to prevail why they why Alex mixes it up vocally, I believe. Because, you know, you listen to Demolisher by Sort of to Avail, and it is like this really stunning, like, you know, your eyes are in the back of your head, you can't believe what you're hearing. But if there was 12 of them, Sam, you'd just go through and be like, oh, it's another one where Alex does the big, horrible Russian grail.
1: Same with Lorna totally. Shaw, mate. Same with Lorna Shaw. Yeah. Will I Ra- don't Will Ramos made that noise every every song, it would lose all impact and meaning.
0: Yeah, I don't want I I don't want Will Ramos to ever do that ever again. I want him to have done it into the Hellfire and leave it. So the Will
1: Ramos' parents, probably. <laughs> yeah.
0: Brilliant. I, I, I want him to have done it into the Hellfire and never do it again because in that moment it sounds insane. It's awesome. And like it came on in our club in the club we room last night, and everyone loves hearing it. And it's just really fun, huge moment. And I don't, I don't want to see it drilled into the ground, but the insanity of Don Campen's vocals here does kind of get drilled into the ground. So I enjoyed this. This is a good record. I would probably happily go back to Waking the Cadaver again. I just wouldn't listen to it in one full scene.
1: Yeah, fair enough. It's it's not it's not for me, and I can't pretend that it is. I think people that are are into this type of music will enjoy it for what it is. Um, but I think its purpose is served in in short bursts and viewed as almost like a, a test case for vocal extremity, but not actually a, a representation of what a great metal album is for me.
0: First Unique Leader album this year, son that you've not loved. Speaks to the quality of Unique Leader in 2021.
1: It really does, but also i shout to Unique Leader for giving bands Wake in the Cadaver a platform yeah. to send their music out. I'm glad I got to hear them. And there is an audience for this music. Let's finish,
0: Sam. On Cry of the Filth's existence is futile. It Not is a world out. world where
1: Cry of the Filth is the lighter of the two albums we're reviewing. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's out on October 22nd via Nuclear Blast. It's the band's 13th album and the follow up to 2017's Cryptoriana. I really should mention here as we get into this review, but I have very limited knowledge. Of Cradle of Filth as a band outside of the knowledge that I would, of course, know because I pay attention to the metal sphere as closely as I do. So at some point, I do plan on doing what I did with death metal, where I have this huge deep dive into the black metal genre and I listen to all the classics. So because I did that with death metal, I think in like March and I came across just this like plethora of really awesome death metal bands like Death. Obituary carcass, and it was this really cool moment for me. I was discovering all these great new records, all these great bands, and Day as well that, I, that I'd not heard. I, I, I 100% plan on doing that with Black Metal, but it hasn't happened yet. So, I don't know a great deal about the Cradle of Filth musically. I know them as this band that over 30 years have become a name that is synonymous. With, with extreme metal and are absolutely one of the bands that have created a platform and have crossed over and transcended metal in terms of recognition. I do feel like they're one of the few bands that I'm confident someone who doesn't listen to metal would at least heard the name created the filth. Maybe not always for positive reasons, their controversy surrounding the merch lines, etc., has always kind of, sometimes their merch line, I feel like maybe as being bigger than the band, does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, it absolutely does. Um yeah. Cradle of Filth have become synonymous with extreme metal to a point where they're they like to slip not they become like a universal name to yeah. people that don't follow metal. Also, on a side note, if you're gonna spend a month just listening to black metal, you've got to get a puppy or something, man. I can't be having you sitting <laughs> in the dark when I can wear a few hairs and stuff.
0: <laughs> all of a sudden I've got my hair's grown like all the day, my back and I've wearing can't, white pants. I can't. On my can't, face.
1: can't. Can't can't be doing you just turn into me with gaunt eyes every so often and be like, Do you ever think that nothing matters, Sam? And I'm like, no, <laughs> Chris, get the fucking bat out your window. Like, what is going on? Like, do you know what I mean? You've got to just like if you've got to do it, you've got to watch like a, a, a sitcom at the same time. Like a, just like watch like friends or something just oh, every yeah. half an it. Just mix it up, man. I can't I can't be having you look like Noel Fielding in the IT crowd. I can't, I can't be doing it. So with me saying that, Sam, I actually think that, ironically,
0: maybe I am the ideal person that could tell a Crowder of the Filth fan whether the album's good or not, because I've got, I haven't got, have really got anything to compare it to. This is the first time I've ever sat down and listened to a Crowder of the Filth album in full. So I'm going to do something now, Sam, that I only do when I'm really confident that me and you are going to have the same opinion. Okay? Dude, okay. how great is this album?
1: Yeah, it's really good. This album's really great. Good. Yeah, it's really good. It's a really good black. It's a really good black metal album. It's a really good Cradle of Filth album, and and I, I've listened to it a bit more than yourself. I did a bit of a deep dive, so a bit of a deep dive into a couple of albums a few years ago. Um, and because they've, they've, they have been so famous, you feel like you feel obliged to um to sort of do that. I actually met the drummer once in like like two thousands. Um, um, he's he's terrific and. This is a this is a great album. This is, you know, we should we need to have a, a segment for our for our podcast end of the year. We talk about comebacks of the year, and on that list is going to be at the gates, carcass, cannibal corpse, and Cradle of filth. Yeah, yeah. Um, because what a year it's been for veteran metal bands, Maiden yeah. as well, arguably. Yeah. What a, what a year! What a year it's been for veteran metal bands proving that they can still hang. Um, now. This is a terrific, terrific black metal album. There's some elements of this that I'm not, I'm not so keen on. Miss me with spoken word introductions. Um, I'm not, I'm not into that. Uh, that is that Nature's... not part of
0: Crowder Phil's Credo though, though? I feel like that's not yeah, So that's, of their so, so I, was, I was
1: about to, I was about to sort of um, pacify it with, I understand that that's part of, not just, not just them, but black metal in general features that, and you have to kind of accept it with the territory. The whole mother nature is brutal thing doesn't work for me, but I understand that it's, you know, part of, part of who they are. Um, so if you're listening to Cradle of Filth, I mean like no one's no one's listening to Cradler Filth in the same way they listen to the new like Sam Fender album where you just like, oh if worse comes to worst, i can be able to ignore it. That's that's not how this is gonna work. It's not lift music. You can have to sort of handle it here. Um so for that for that purpose, um if you're a black metal fan, a metal fan in general, or a of filth enthusiast or even a crowd of sympathiser like myself and you, that we're prepared to like them. We're happy to like them. We're, we're interested in getting into them. Um, this is a really, really good album. Um, this is this might be one of the guitar performances of the year. Oh my God, as, the guitars as, on this as, album. As, as well. well some, some of the, some of the musical, some of the musical elements, of the guitar work here is just sensational. Um, but I think this is a really, really strong album. I think some of the riffs are really well written. I think some of the, uh, some of the songs are beautifully structured. There's a, a lovely mix of the progressive and the extreme. They they do the thing that I, I, I really enjoy that where black metal black metal bands don't just stick to the um Dungeons and Dragons-esque style songwriting that's, that they've become known for and they, they spread out a little bit. There's elements of thrash here, there's elements of of sort of um traditional heavy metal here. Um and there's some there's some really great riffs and some some choruses. Um Danny Filth is in great voice. Yeah. He he shows his he shows his range, um, famous, you know, famous screams and high-pitched cat calls and all the sort of stuff that he's become renowned for, but also a, a real real ability to to write write a melody and stuff that it's 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 good and dark lyrically, like all the all the lines appear to be taken from a Bram Stoker novel, as you'd expect. And and that that's it's the it's the cocktail that Cradle of Filth are capable of producing in the same way that you would expect from I don't know if you listen to a Nightwish album or Dimubalkir album, there's certain examples, there's certain tropes that you expect. And I think they do all of them. And they do all of them really, really, really well. I think there's a few really good songs on here. Um my favourite track is Suffer Our Dominion.
0: I thought Suffer Our Dominion might be might be yours. Mine actually is How Many Tears to Nurture a Rose, Which That's is a the song, song which well. is the song before Suffer Our Dominion.
1: Yeah, I, I, I. Some of the guitar work on this is just tremendous. There's a the verse riff for Dominion is fantastic, and the, the 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 solo at the end is just, mm. it's, 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 it's just fantastic. Um, the synth work
0: is is terrific. Can I just say, Sam, just as you mentioned, I don't think I've ever heard a band use orchestra as well as Cry of the Filth do on this album. Now, that's not me being some kind of expert and have deep knowledge on every band that's ever used orchestra, but I don't think I've ever come across a band that uses orchestration as good as Cry of the Filth on this album. It's brilliant. They don't no, waste a second.
1: I agree, but also it's not of a pairing. No. Um, like it, it, it doesn't feel like bolt on where it's just there for the sake of it to pacify the ego of a keyboard player it's it's not there for, it's not there for that at all and it really just add um to the to, to the to, to the songs and gives it gives it a real uh real pathetic fallacy sort of you know what i mean sort of the the, the way that it adds to the music sets the like atmosphere and imagery i think it's i think it's really really nice there's some there's some really great Really great songs on here. Um, "Black Smoke from the Lips of War" is terrific. Mm, the the, mm. the riff, the riff to open that is fantastic. There's real intensity. we actually I was thinking of at the gates esque, um, sort of fast paced, racing hard metal core, um, was 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 making an appearance. The lead guitar trills at the end was sort of you know very classic black metal, uh, almost Judas Priestess, which I enjoyed. Um, the opening track is brilliant. Um, is, that symphonic sound
0: that bursts out the gates is gorgeous.
1: Really good. Um, I like, I like, um, I like transitional interlude tracks as well. I'm, I've always been a fan of that, and I think that's that that does a nice job of setting, setting a musical blueprint for what's to come later on. Overall, this is a, it's a really impressive album. I think. I mean, for what 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 more you could you expect from a, a Cradle of Filth album released? near Halloween that also happens to be their 13th album. It couldn't be any more demonically timed, could it really? But and it, it seems to have been written in perfect conjunction with all those tropes. It, is the uh it's quite cri- it's Cradler Filth in all in in all its glory, really what you what you want out of Cradler Filth and what you what you what you um what you listen to if you fell in love with Crydler Filth with the uh, nymphetamine. And, and all their famous tracks from back in the day, then this is this is an example of that. I don't think it quite has that transcendent song, perhaps that they could build a, another era on necessarily, but this is a very, very good album um, that will, I think, I, I, I know the black metal um, fan base, it can be notoriously pedantic and picky and hard to please at times. Um, but I really from the outside looking in, I can't see how you listen to this and you're a cradle of filth and you walk away without thinking that's really good. I can't wait to see them. It's good to have them back. Yeah. Um, and I can't I can't wait for Ed Sheeran to appear on one of these songs. I was wondering how
0: long it would take for one of us to mention the potential Ed Sheeran Kyle Lab. It's just the idea of him entering this sphere is just so fascinating. Is he like imagine like the like crawling
1: king chaos? Imagine Ed Sheeran being on that song. There's um what was the, what was the song I forget forget the, forget the name because I, I didn't mention it in my notes but there's um there's a song with a female backup vocalist on isn't there and they they do like a vocal duet type deal near the conclusion of one of the songs on here and is it is it the dying of the embers it might Maybe. be the dying of the embers um but there is there is a song there's a song with a, a female vocalist and she sort of joins in at the end I mean the, the boy the boy Sheeran could absolutely do that role if he wanted to I I'd, yeah. I would, I would, I would, I would love to hear Ed Sheeran sing, sing the thing, sing the sort of lyrics that Danny Phil writes, and that would be absolutely incredible. Imagine Ed Ed Sheeran t- talking about like um, the ecological foundation slipping into black chaos and all, all this sort of stuff. I just think it'd be marvelous. But on a side note, that that that's a bit of a side buffer, really, for, for, for what we're trying to say about this overall album. This is a terrific record. It's a terrific black metal record, and. I like you. Only ever occasionally dip my toe into the black metal sphere, um, and I've felt at times that we've we've shared this opinion that once this is the best black metal already been written. Mm-hmm. You know, once once we've got past a certain once we've got past a certain point with a certain collection of bands, what more could be done with this type of music? But uh, Cradle of Filth are showing that there's a there's a freshness and intensity to what they're doing alongside the traditional black metal stuff that I think is really very, very impressive. This is a very good album from a historically great metal band and it's great to see. I think so. I mean, if this album was
0: nine songs, I think it would I'd be thinking like should I consider this like top 10 album of the year. I think this album's great, man. I do think it got do think it's a bit long for me. Um 14 14 songs a bit much yeah yeah i'm not sure whether and uh, yeah, three of them uh like interludes and mortality here comes a candle and the fight of the world on our shoulders like interludes into the songs that come after but even without even like let's say it's like 11 full songs so i do feel that this album is a little bit long in the tooth for me but what is here man, this album's great. Like, Crowd of Phil are quite clear, like, a great band. I've never really listened to them before. Even if we go with, like, Existential Terror, which is the second song on the album, or theoretically the first after The Fate of the World yeah, on our yeah, shoulders, because yes. that's, like, an interlude. Yeah. Mm. You mentioned it, that symphonic sound that bursts out the gate, kind of classic pla- uh, blackmail. But then it's got this amazing punch in lead riff, and that middle section that turns into this kind of more poised, slow build. The drummer... Mate, Martin Skarupa, I think his name is. Oh my God, the drummer is incredible. Yeah. There's kind of, and I'm not sure which which of the two guitarists is the lead guitarist, either Richard Shaw or Marek, Marek Shmurda. They, they, the guitar on this album is, is stunning. Yeah,
1: they, they, both, they both do a terrific job, even because there's harmonised elements as well and there's terrific rhythm, rhythm riffs going underneath and there's some real complexity and progression. Um, it was very impressive
0: black smoke curling from the lips of war the opening to that song could have fit on in the court of the dragon by trivium this kind of yeah, furious technical soaring opening and then you've got that orchestral melody behind it as well and danny danny filth his vocal range is superb he's got this real like classic rasp to his vocals that i've never really properly listened to crowd the filth but like I've, i know their main the main bat like headline tracks and he's so recognised, isn't he? He's got this really, like, unique rasp mm-hmm. to his voice. Yeah. But also, he's brilliant doing these burning low notes. And there is a song on this album that he actually does a, a sm- small moment of melody. Um, and I cannot remember the name of it. I'm, not, I'm trying to, like, quickly, like, scan through my now and see if I can remember it. Um, it might actually be The Dying of the Embers, actually, the one that you were talking about. But there's a song on this record, mate, called Discourse Between a Man and His Soul. And I guess that's the song that you would call like the melodic effort on the album, yeah. But it's actually like really quite beautiful in places,
1: yeah. The chorus is really nice, it's really quite impressive,
0: and the keyboards are stunning. Some really great, serene guitar work from Richard Shaw and and, um, from Richard Shaw again and Marek Schmurder, whoever is the lead guitarist out of those two, not to discredit the other but whichever one is lead, is an an absolute barnstormer. And when I was talking about how many tears to nurture a rose, the opening of that track kind of gave me like Gajira vibes. And then you get this kind of like scarring, snappy vocal line from from Danny. It's like a mid-tempo instrumental in the middle eight. It's just wonderful. The technical riff that runs underneath Danny's vocals when he does come back in. I think think there's like this... There's this moment where there's like this real incredible galloping riff. And it's really Iron Maiden-esque. It's in like the middle eight, so this galloping riff come, comes running through the mix. And it's really brilliant. I, I am so like blown away listening to this album by how much I actually enjoyed it because you know, when, you, when you're going into a band's 13th album and you've never listened to them before properly, you're automatically assuming that you're not going to be hearing them at the peak of their powers because 13 albums, 30 years, you would just assume you're going to be catching them mm. towards the end. So I'll be honest, Sam, I went into this album expecting mediocrity and then expecting you to tell me, okay, yeah, this is a five out of 10, but go back and listen to this album because this was them at their absolute peak and it's amazing. But dude, God, I mean, if they've wrote a better album than this, then I need to know about it. Like, Crazy The full fans listening to this, tell me in the comments like their absolute peak peak performance albums because they're 13 albums i'm not listening to 13 <laughs> albums hoping that i'll come across the best one i need to hear i need to hear crowded stuff at their best because if this isn't to them at their best their best must be an absolute like stunning stunning piece of art because this album is orchestrally the the, the most intelligent i've ever heard music put together it, it Literally, they do not waste a second of the symphony and the orchestra on this record. It's brilliant. It is harsh, technical, punching. I don't think there's a single breakdown on the album, but it's metal and angry and violent to its core. Uh, The artwork is absolutely hilariously brutal and incredible. I've I've seen of Felf artwork over the years, so I was expecting good work, and the artwork for this album is brilliant. Mate, I... I'm all in for this album. I think this album's great, man. I really, really love this.
1: Yeah, it's really good. It is really, really good. And it's a reaffirmation. Um, you know, like I wish Corey Taylor would do promos for Cradle of Filth because this is actually what, um, this is actually an album that reminds you why people should love Cradle of Filth, isn't it? That's, yeah. that's what that's, that's what that actually sounds like. Um, so shout to Danny Filth, shout to Black Metal. Um, it's, it's terrific. It really is very, very impressive. There's a maturity as well. I think there's um, there's an element of modernity to it as well. It's, it, it's, it's fresh. It, it, it sounds intense. It sounds upbeat. It doesn't sound aged. They don't sound old. They sound in great form. It's really, very impressive. It's beautifully mixed all across the board. This is a really, really good album.
0: That, Sam, is where we are going to leave off episode 83 of the Noise Podcast, a bit of a shorter one uh this time around because there's no chris Meats to come we do apologize for that i'm going to try and get an interview sorted for our next episode i'm going to look at the release schedule sam and i'm going to see what we are going to review on the next episode we we're definitely going to be reviewing one album which we received in our inbox a few days ago but uh not supposed to reveal what that was at this point but very exciting mm. isn't it sam yeah,
1: in, indeed indeed we are excited about that. one. to be yeah, a good um, one coming
0: up. Yeah, I'm going to try and remain tight-lipped and not say anything. Um yes, yeah, so we are going back in 2 weeks time release schedule is going to be checked by me uh, we are definitely going to be reviewing one of the big bands coming out at the end of uh, this month we're hoping as well that we get every time I die in on the schedule as well thank you so much for listening as usual subscribe to us on YouTube follow or like depending on whichever service you are using if it's Apple Podcasts Spotify etc follow us on Twitter at Noise Podcast. both me and Sam are on that account thank you for your support thank you for listening it's amazing uh, me and Sam are having a like, this is the most successful year we've done this podcast things are really moving forward uh, Trivium Review has done great numbers for us and me and Sam don't. we don't really focus on the numbers really do we? Sam we do this because we enjoy doing no, it but no, just, just seeing the engagement with the trivium Review and seeing how much people are loving the album has been really fun for us this has been a great year for the podcast so if you're here and you're listening uh, it means the world to me and Sam thank you so much we are going to be back in two weeks time we will see you then we love you bye